Hi, I'm Ruthie, owner of Defy the Status Quo, and you're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, your daily 10-minute shot of business knowledge. And today we're going to be talking about LinkedIn for your business. Now, I love LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active. Just search my name, Ruthie Bowles. And I talk about LinkedIn to all of the business owners that I meet up with. Now, LinkedIn, normally, when I bring up LinkedIn, it's normally greeted with a kind of, oh, LinkedIn, yes, I need to be on LinkedIn, but I'm not, or my profile is outdated, I haven't updated it in a long time. So it sounds like everybody knows they should be on LinkedIn, but maybe they're just not motivated enough. So this morning, what I'm going to be is your one more person who tells you that you need to be on LinkedIn, and you need to be on it properly. So Why should you be interested in LinkedIn? If your business has B2B elements to it, if your entire business is B2B or partly B2B, you should definitely be interested. That's kind of like the the given of LinkedIn. If you're B2B, you should be on LinkedIn. But even if you're not B2B, if you are B2C, meaning business to consumer, you should still be looking at LinkedIn. If you have a cleaning business, you go out and clean. Busy business people could be your tribe on LinkedIn, right? You uh, are also a business owner. It's funny because I actually specifically have someone in mind right now. And when he listens to this episode, he'll know who he is. But you're a busy business owner too. So who could you better empathize with than other busy business people? Uh, So you should definitely be on LinkedIn. Uh, B2C, if you sell glasses, like eyeglasses, prescription eyeglasses, somehow that's your business, right? You manufacture them, you you send them, you make them, whatever. There are plenty of people who wear glasses in their LinkedIn profiles. So see, so that's even direct to consumer, business to consumer, and and there you are. Somebody needs glasses. Um, Even if you structured it and you had childcare, you took care of other people's children for a living. You could definitely make busy business parents, busy LinkedIn parents, your people that you connect with on LinkedIn. Uh, you and then so if, if, if that, that one's kind of out of the box a little bit, I don't think I've ever heard anyone suggest that. So I'll say some marketing ideas off the top of my head, but talking about how important it is to have quality care for your children. So that way, when you come home from work, your children are you know still getting the right you know upbringing, their training, they're still eating the right foods. So investing in childcare can, you know, pay dividends later. So it's, it's a different, it's just a different way for you to communicate your message, no matter your industry, because B2B people are still people and they still need B2C stuff. Um, really interesting stat. You can actually, this is the first, one of the first ones on my LinkedIn profile infographic that we published last month. 40% of the monthly active users on LinkedIn are active every day. So you can count on a serious chunk of the monthly users logging in and checking things at least once a day. I'm probably like a two or three times per day person on LinkedIn, maybe more. It just depends. If I post something and I'm getting a lot of engagement, then I'll definitely be on there quite a few times that day. And the reach can be really good on LinkedIn. It's back like when Facebook had its heyday where you like something and now everybody can see that you liked it. Um, Now that still happens on Facebook to a degree, but on LinkedIn, it's just way more basic. I like something, I comment on something, and pretty much anybody in my feed could see it if they look at the right time. So 
One of my tips is you need to work so it's going to rank. It may rank one day, 10 years from now. It may rank as good as any of the websites that I that I review. And those companies don't control me. And so the basis of my website would be that they can't control me. And that is why I would be popular. So consumers love to post on social media, which means you need to be where your consumers are in order to have a chance at contributing to the conversation. You see what I'm saying? So you need to be where they are. You need to be available to be a part of that conversation. So if your consumers statistically like to post on Twitter, the customer service on Twitter is a big deal. There have been, you know, a lot of companies will interact that way on Twitter. That's where I go when a website goes down. I go to see if anybody else is saying that it's down. So, or I'll say, hey, so this happened and I'll tweet at a company that I know responds. So if I have a question for HubSpot, I'll tweet at them and I know they'll respond in pretty short order, maybe even faster than their customer service will respond. And they acknowledge that and and that's why they respond on Twitter. So whether it's positive or negative, you should be where they are. If your customers like to communicate on Facebook, if they like to be on LinkedIn, that is where you should be. You can't control what they say, your customers or clients. You can't control what they say directly, but you do have some control over the customer experience. You can't control the way that they interpret it, but you can control various aspects of it. And that boils down to things like product quality. So you want to invest and make sure that your product is the best that it can be. Because when you send off something that doesn't look nice, if you're an e-commerce brand or even if you're brick and mortar, if your customer walks away from a selling experience with you with a product that's subpar, and by subpar, I mean less than their expectations. If it's less than what they expect, then you can be sure that they'll let their friends and family know. And that's part of that two-thirds of marketing. That's word of mouth and people communicating about your products. So, and then one piece that uh, companies are often forgetting is the post-purchase phase, the post-purchase marketing. What are you doing for the people who've purchased your item to help them out? So let's say a more complex, um, more complex purchase, maybe something a little more expensive. Just the other day, I was trying to figure out how my riding mower started. My husband's normally the one who takes care of it. And how could I start my riding mower? I've already purchased it. Help me. Um, so what I was able to do, I was able to go online and, and Google it. And I found videos on YouTube from the brand, from the company that made that mower. I was able to find a lot of basic get started videos. They supported me through content. I did not have to contact their customer service. I didn't have to thumb through the manual. I just wanted somebody to do a quick video 